are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. So Epiphany is January 6th, that's the day when we remember this biblical event in Matthew chapter 2 of the travels of the, the Magi. And I'm going to read the account for you um, from the New Revised Standard Version and just want to call our attention to a couple of things because sometimes we approach this story and think, oh yeah, it's that nice story. We sing We Three Kings, Roy and R, and we scratch our heads and try to figure out what frankincense is and what myrrh is. Um, but there's more to the story than that. Um, it's important to, to notice as, as we read this that the birth of Jesus as a king is clearly a threat to Herod, who holds political and economic power in Jesus' day. So that's certainly worth paying attention to. And then it's interesting to note how at the end of the reading, how the Magi, after they have this encounter with Jesus and with Herod, they end up changing directions. Sometimes when we have an encounter with God, that leads to new opportunities, new directions for us as well. Listen for God's word. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Thanks be to God for the words of Scripture. As I mentioned at the beginning of the service, every year we give out epiphany stars, and we encourage you to grab one today on your way out. Each star has a word on it, and over the course of the years, I have conversations with people and sometimes they mention their stars in January or June or September and tell me how the star is guiding them and challenging them. Well, Jane Kolakowski is here this morning to share a little bit about her star word for 2022. Jane's a relatively new member. You can come on up now. She's got background as a teacher and she's got a wonderful story about her star word to share with us today. 
Good morning. I want to start with a question for you. What is the sound of one hand clapping? I'm not going to say much more about that. We'll come back and revisit that at the end. That question, I will tell you, is a Buddhist Zen koan. I hope I'm pronouncing that word right. It's K-O-A-N. And it's a practice that the Buddhists do, which, where they present a question or a paradox. And that contemplation of the question is supposed to lead to some type of enlightenment. Well, it sure did for me. Um, I will tell you, as Charlie said, I'm new to the church. This was my first epiphany word experience, and I loved it. When I received my word, my word was communion, and I wasn't very thrilled, because immediately all I thought about was holy communion. What else could there be? Communion was not a word I used very often. I didn't call my friends and say, come over and have dinner with my husband and I so we can commune. No, I don't talk like that. So this was kind of an experience for me. I went at it the way I go through a lot of things. As a teacher and a lifelong student, I have little notebooks that I keep all over the house. and I write down... Um, interesting things to me. So I started with my communion word. I kept the star on the refrigerator, and this notebook met my learning style. Once I started becoming sensitive to this word, I found it everywhere. I didn't know, I hadn't, when I'd bump into it in readings, I would usually just gloss over it and keep on going. It wasn't a word I concentrated on. Now I was seeing it everywhere. Novels, the newspaper, everywhere this word was appearing to me. I became very sensitive to my word. And notice I say my word. I internalized that word and I feel a real strong affinity to it today. I kind of so it'll be a little mourning as I move on to my next new word. But I enjoyed it. I started with a definition. I looked it up. And yes, there were three definitions. Yes, Holy Communion was one of them. But I concentrated on the other two, which were less familiar to me. And I learned that communion is a relationship. There has to be recognition. There has to be acceptance. There has to be sharing of intimate thoughts and deep feelings, especially on a mental or a spiritual level. So then that made me a little more curious about the word, so I went and searched for some synonyms and antonyms. And there were a lot. For synonyms, the word intimacy, rapport, togetherness, association, closeness, fellowship, harmony, unity, close relationship, agreement, and finally, sacrament. 
the opposites, the antonyms, were unfriendliness, disagreement, antagonism, discord, opposition, contention, dissonance, disunity, division, hostility, and variance. I started noticing in people's speech that they, the word commune was being used. For instance, there are people who talk about communing with nature. There are people who talk about communing with the arts. And I'm going to talk to you about one, an example in a moment. There's church communion. I was reading a Victorian novel, and in the novel, they were holding a seance so they could commune with the dead. And of course, communion with God. I started thinking about the ways we can commune with God, and I came up with a list, but I know the list could go on for days. Prayer, music, writing, dance, gardening, scripture, meditation, contemplation, study, I like this one, silence, listening, taking walks, charity, and I'm sure you could add more to my list. When I was talking about music and the arts, one of my favorite stories about the Renaissance sculptor Michelangelo came to mind. He supposedly said, when he was asked where he got his ideas for his artworks, he supposedly said, God put the sculpture in the marble. All I did was release it. I love that. I love that. This is what communion with God looked like to him. Jennifer Cowart writes that the closest we will get to perfection in this lifetime is our communion with God through Christ. There is a perfect communion I learned. It's not one we will ever experience on, in, on this earth. That perfect communion is the Trinity, the relationship between our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer. The Fr Franciscan monk Richard Rohr writes, every time we do something with respect, with love, with sympathy, with compassion, with caring, with service, we are operating in communion. This week, my final week with my word, what was what I call the exclamation mark on my word. If you were watching Monday Night Football, you saw DeMar Hamlin go down. His heart stopped on the field. 
medical teams rushed out to help. The audience, the fans, went dead silence. Tens of thousands of people. If you're like me, and I suspect many of you were, you went straight to prayer. I prayed. How many people prayed while that young man was down on the field? Trying these medics were to bring back his heart. The good news is they were able to. And today, as I stand here, less than a week later, Damar is able, he's off, he's able to breathe on his own, he's off his ventilator, and he's able to talk and communicate. Damar also has all his neuro neurological faculties back. Quite a miracle. I saw communion with the prayers and the silence in the stand. The medical personnel working on, on DeMar on the field. Communion. The NFL, when they decided that the, the two teams could no longer play, they were not emotionally able to, canceled the game on behalf of them. That was communion. I saw respect from opponents on the field. I saw love, sympathy, tears, communion. I saw compassion. I saw humans at their very best. Back to our question. What is the sound of one hand Clapping. At the first service, a little child sitting over here called out, nothing. <laughs> I didn't pay him. <laughs> he, did, he did that on his own. Um, but that is the opposite of what communion is. We need each other. We're here in communion. I moved here, we moved here, my husband and I have not been members a full year yet, but I have felt such extreme communion with members of this church. And I wanna say thank you. Have a good week, and I hope your epiphany word takes you on a journey this year. Thank you. <laughs>